MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, January 9th, 2020. Today, Trump speaks on Iran. A Ukrainian airliner crashes in Tehran. New intel on back-channel communications during the Iran strike on U.S. bases in Iraq. Senate Democrats break with Pelosi over the impeachment trial. And Steve is up to his old tricks at the Treasury. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. I'm good today. I'm feeling positive today. Uh, I don't know why with all the news that's going on and everything that's happening uh, in life, but um, I don't know. I just I'm in a good mood. Maybe it was the caffeine. It's been my most productive day of the new year. Very productive, right? Yeah. It's been my like, I don't know, astrologically what's happening. Yeah. Is Mercury out of Uranus or something? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Actually, Aquarius season is approaching which is my birthday season. So that must be what it is. That's that's the explanation. Same. And I'm an Aquarius too. Yes. So we both are. Humanitarian signs. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, also very weirdos. We're very weird. Very much. But I'm balanced by this massive Capricorn cusp that oh, I have. that's right. Because I'm born three minutes that's into right. Aquarius. I'm I know a- this is news. This is all newsworthy. And I'm glad that um, you're all still listening. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> So today's horoscopes. Uh, no, <laughs> we do actually have uh, quite a bit of news, as you heard uh, at the top there. Um, we do have a lot to get to. Jordan Tits McGee's coming back tomorrow. I'm very excited. Yay! I back in the studio tomorrow. I miss her too. She has had a wonderful time traveling, and I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah, I I know she was in New York. I know she stopped by the Grizzly Pear, which is a place that I, you know we like to go as comics. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool, very cool vibe there. Very cool club. Um, but yeah, she'll, she'll be back and she, and of course we were, you know, gone, I was gone, you, we were gone for two weeks and then she's been gone for a week. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in like three weeks. I know. And, and, yeah, I miss her. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. She, so Tits McGee will be back tomorrow. I'm very, very happy about that. So, uh, we will look forward to that. We'll give her something. We'll have to figure out. I'll just make her write the whole show tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome home. (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Uh, But we do have tons of news to get to, aside from the fact that Amanda and I are both Aquarians. So (laughs) let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, let's start with Iran. Uh, As we were recording last night, we were getting word Iran had launched at least a dozen ballistic missiles at two bases where U.S. troops were in Iraq. We heard there were casualties, but only on the Iraq side. And based on Trump's warning that if Iran did anything at all in retaliation for the death of Soleimani, there would be blah, 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 likes of which you've never seen, fire and fury, biggest missiles, very bad, much attack, etc. So he drew that very, very stark red line. Um, But we have a little more detail about some things today. First of all, Iran's supreme leader has said they've concluded their retaliation, uh, and they call it a slap in the face to the United States. Uh, We're now learning that the Trump administration was receiving messages from Iran uh, through back channels while the attack was happening or just shortly after um, the, the attack on our bases in Iraq. And they were receiving these through Switzerland, my understanding is. And the message was, this is it. This is our retaliation. There's no more. This is our reciprocal proportionate response to killing Soleimani. And we know the United States sent messages back as well, but we don't know what those messages were. At least I haven't heard yet from um, 
the sources I have, which, um, or Twitter. And um, <laughs> I, I seem to remember Republicans being very upset at Obama drawing a red line for Syria in 2012 when he said if Assad used chemical weapons, it would warrant U.S. military action. And then in August of 2013, the Syrian military attacked rebel-controlled areas of Damascus. Obama announced he thought we should respond. He went to the Rose Garden and said, we should respond. I'm going to seek explicit authorization from Congress to do so. But the American people and Congress strongly opposed the move. So he, despite that, though, the, the Republicans say Obama sucked for drawing the red line in the first place, even though eventually Russia threatened military action and 1,300 pounds of chemical weapons were removed from Syria without a single bomb being dropped. So... What do we have here? We have Trump tweeting that if Iran did anything at all in response to the killing of Soleimani, he would respond bigly with giant missiles and huge things and stuff that likes of which you've never seen, etc. Uh, and then what happens? Iran responded uh, at least a dozen ballistic missiles at two bases and yet nothing from the Trump administration. No response, um, at least militarily. Uh, Trump drew a red line and then did not honor it, which I'm I'm happy about. Don't get me wrong. I didn't want him to retaliate. But let's look at why he probably actually stood down, because Iran told the United States that if the United States retaliated against their retaliation, they would go after Israel and Dubai. And it's important to note here, especially if you, you know this, if you've read like Seth Abramson's books, Trump isn't just a Russian asset. He's indebted to the Saudis, Israel and the UAE, UAE excuse me, United Arab Emirates, just as much, uh, if not more. So the Iranian threat to Dubai and Israel seems to have dampened the escalation for now. It's not any kind of skilled diplomacy on the part of Trump. He's simply not allowed to retaliate because he's partially owed, uh, he's a partially owned subsidiary of the United Arab Emirates and Israel, both who helped him cheat in 2016, by the way. So that is what being compromised looks like, if you think about it. And the Iranians know it. They know exactly who Trump's owners and handlers are and how to get him to stand down. So I think that that's a very important point that, that I don't hear a lot of people in the mainstream media making. Um, why would Trump threaten this big threat and then back down, uh, particularly when Republicans have, you know, gone after Obama for drawing a red line and then not crossing it, even though he said he was going to. He just needed a congressional approval uh, authorization. So here we have this. And it to me, it seems obvious um, when when. The the prime minister of Iran knows mm -hmm. how much Trump is indebted to Israel and the United yeah. Arab Emirates and says, if you come after me, I'm coming after those guys. It, you know, it's sad in any other universe. I would say, well, it was because of his sense that he decided to stand down and not retaliate against the retaliation and not to escalate this or it's his generals to, told right. him or he yeah. was advised exactly you would that would make sense but no i think that what you're saying is probably more correct well yeah because <laughs> if he had smart people around him or if cooler heads prevailed he mm -hmm. wouldn't have assassinated Soleimani in the first place Iran's response to this seems to be well we had to do something because everyone in our country is pissed off here's what we did please can we leave it at that but there are some mixed messages, apparently, from some people, some high up generals in the country saying, you know, that that they would they would like to continue to escalate this or that there will be further attacks. But 
for the most part, what I'm hearing is that was all they wanted to do. And essentially, they had to do something to appease the unrest and the frustration on the part of their citizens. But they don't genuinely want to escalate this to a war level. Right. It seems like every no one wants to. Right. Uh, which again, I'm very happy about. I'm not of saying course. I'm not saying you should. You know, <laughs> I think what I'm saying is, if you have family or friends that are Trump supporters mm-hmm. and they're mad that we didn't nuke Iran after they bombed us, it's because Trump is owned by Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, and Israel. It's a fun fact. <laughs> Just a fun fact. Fun fact. No, no, no. Uh, and if you want to know how and how deeply he's indebted to those countries, I mean, we can just talk about the basics with, yeah. the, you know, with the Qatar Investment Authority blockade coming down by the Saudis, the $180 million arms deal, million, billion, a lot of arms deal money, <laughs> many monies, many monies going back and forth. Um, the the whole um, uh, Saudis helping hack Sanchez's phone, who was Bezos's uh, mistress or. The whole, you know, shiny magazine that the Inquirer put out uh, about the new leadership in UAE and Saudi. Or we can go into Nader and and talking about that whole grand bargain and the, and the Mideast Marshall Plan to build nuclear reactors and give nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia or to guard their oil fields. We also have with Israel, we have PSYOPs, Black Cube, Psy Groups, all those uh, ex-Mossad um operations guys um, like the Chris Chris Steels of mm-hmm. Israel helping uh, Trump cheat in the election the Joel Zamel joint mm-hmm. uh, that came out of information from Israel where he you know and Nader paid him two million dollars in Bitcoin right after the election but they're saying well we didn't use his plan that Spider-Man whole the fraud situation yeah fraud fraud <laughs> that- <laughs> I mispronounced it like Trump mispronounced his words in his Proud. Briefing this morning. Yeah, he gave a frightening <laughs> speech on the whole Iran thing this morning. Oh, and by the way, if you want any more like beholdenness for Trump to to these other countries, read Proof of Conspiracy, Proof of Collusion. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you'll get the whole grand bargain in there. It's called the grand bargain, uh, as coined by Seth Abrams. So now, he gave Trump gave this speech. Um, if you're into ASMR, maybe you really enjoyed it. Um, oh God, the the sniffling was too much. Fifty eight times, someone counted on the internet, played them all, cut them all up into one <laughs> one sound clip. Uh, I'm surprised they let him do it, honestly, because he was like I said, sniffling and slurring, seemed out of it. He mispronounced words. Uh, he even let slip some classified information that we're building hypersonic missiles that widened the eyes of the Joint Chiefs behind him. They're like, oh, fuck. That's what my wife was saying while we were watching it. She was like, the guy behind him, look at his eyes. Yeah. Look at him. Look he at him. Looks like, like he's going to lose his shit. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, he's saying we, we seem done with our back and forth with Iran. He says instead we will, quote, immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. Uh, I have not heard nor seen any plans to negotiate a new nuclear deal, despite Trump ripping up Obama's, calling it terrible, and he would have done a much better deal. Uh, it just, it was working, and and we never should have backed out of it in the first place. But as usual, Trump has no alternate proposal, just like with Obamacare, just simply wants to destroy what Obama did, because he's a small man. We uh, also have learned from the Iraqi military that two rockets now have landed in the Baghdad Green Zone, a highly fortified green zone, though no casualties are reported. This is after the initial rocket attack on the U.S. bases. And apparently rockets into the green zone, pretty common. 
uh, except under these specific circumstances, it seems a little odd or, you know, just raises a little red flag here and there like, hey, maybe not today. Uh, it's again that the green zone is the heavily fortified area where the U.S. embassy is situated. This sort of goes along with the idea that while perhaps Iran and the U.S. are standing down, nothing is stopping other groups if America doesn't abide by the wishes of the Iraqi government. And that's kind of what you were getting at. There's all sorts of other generals and uh, yeah. groups and sects and militias that are saying we're not done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to attack America. There's some mixed messages there. Definitely. But apparently prime minister of Iran, yeah. uh, they're saying we're done. And this just in, the joint, uh, the chair of the Joint Chiefs, Milley, is now saying that he believes the attack on U.S. bases in Iraq by Iran was meant to kill U.S. troops. And that's in opposition to what some of the other administration officials are saying, saying they deliberately avoided doing that. Nobody was going after anyone. But Milley says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the quote in front mm-hmm. of me, because after everything I looked at, they were out to get to hurt structures, destroy buildings, um, munitions, etc. And they were trying to kill U.S. troops when they attacked us. And that sort of throws a new wrench in there, right? Yeah. I've also gotten mixed messages in terms of what I've been listening to and reading about, again, the what was the intention? Because I've, I've, I've heard, well, it was actually their intention not to kill anyone. Yeah, they and that's just, what some of the administration officials are saying. Right. But Milley, chair, four-star general, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is saying, tried. no, they were trying to kill U.S. troops mm-hmm. from what I've seen, from the evidence I've seen. And that seems to be either just him being blunt or maybe mm-hmm. an effort to leave the door open for retaliation again. Yeah. I don't I don't know. But it's an interesting and that just happened like uh, you know, it's 5 p.m. here mm-hmm. west coast on Wednesday. That just happened like within the last hour. Wow. It it's it I have to say I'm also I don't know, I, I hate to be so skeptical. I don't necessarily believe there weren't any casualties. Right. That's a weird thing. You know, I mean, I, and I hate to say that because I sound so tinfoil hat, you know. Well, it kind of may raises questions about the entire operation. Yeah. It, like there are now theories going around that everybody was in on it. Like everybody was in right. on it. I, I just don't understand how there weren't any casualties when 12 ballistic missiles hit in a, a U.S. airbase. Yeah. And the only thing I, I can't get past is that I don't think Iran would have agreed to allow uh, Soleimani to be uh, a casualty of whatever this bargain was. Right. So like everyone's actors in this thing. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's fortunate. Obviously, I don't want there to be not only just American casualties, but casualties of any kind. But it just surprises me, I guess. Yeah. Well, definitely don't put anything past this administration. Um, definitely. you. I wish that th- this was, you know, if they made a decision that we could rest assured that that was their decision. Mm-hmm. But that's just not how this administration operates. It's also really disturbing the tone he takes when he talks about this stuff. Like, what was it? Like, doing great work. Everything's progressing great. No casualties. Like, thumbs up, exclamation point, or something like that. Yeah, and it, my favorite tweet from Joelle, she's like, boy, he puts the casual in casualties. Yeah. That was like, great. What the fuck? He the puts, way that... Puts the laughter in slaughter. <laughs> just, yeah. It, hey, all is well. Uh, we were just bombed. But hey, don't you worry. Yeah. It And it's just... Uh, and he wouldn't speak that night. Right. He waited until this morning. I kind of think... They didn't want him to. He's losing it, dude. And I'm not just saying that to be a dick. Mm-hmm. He's not well. No. And this is not like, this is not some sort of like, you know, criticism of like mentally unwell people or like not an ableism all. statement. But like, 
he you're, he doesn't seem well. We have the twenty fifth amendment for particularly a well. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with having mental health issues or no. deteriorating health or deteriorating mental state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I support you. I lift you up. High five. Get some help. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should be provided in this country at absolutely. no charge, <laughs> which it's not. But if you're not fit for duty, you're not fit for duty. Yeah. Like, okay, I saw a tweet from someone who said, and I'm not making light of addiction, but I saw a tweet from someone which was like, um, I'm a recovering addict, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's no fucking way this man did not snort a fuck ton of Adderall before he yeah. gave the speech. Well, you know, there's a, a, a comic who worked with him on The Apprentice who has mm-hmm. seen him do that, says that in his set. Um, obviously, I don't think we'll ever find out. But no, of course not. But there, yeah. there's clearly something going on. I don't know what it is. If it's neurological, if it's uh, addiction related. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he just doesn't seem well and mm-hmm. and needs to get help. Um, and slightly stressful situation he's in. Yeah, and I feel like they're almost propping him up. Can he like make a plea deal or something to like get out of this presidency and go live out the rest of his life quietly in Mar-a-Lago? He can. There is a thing. Uh, the Agnew did this. Mm-hmm. They, he 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 and you know in in exchange for not being indicted, mm-hmm. he resigned. That was his that was his bargaining chip, and 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 now he you know he resigned. That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, maybe you'd have to bring the state attorneys general in on it. You'd have to bring everybody who wants to to prosecute him after he leaves office in to say that they won't, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It would be kind of a big deal. Um, and a, I think a lot of Americans would be upset if they took the Agnew deal, if right. Trump didn't have to face any consequences or his family had to face any consequences in exchange for a resignation. But it's almost like if he goes quietly and like leaves everyone alone, would we be willing to make that trade? I I personally would. You know? I personally would. I think he needs to be out of office. Mm-hmm. And if if a resignation in exchange for non-prosecution, I would take it. Um, That's just me. I know probably a lot of people are going to give me shit for that because we do want to see uh, justice served. But there right. are plenty of other people in this administration to serve justice to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the important thing is that he's not the president anymore. I think yeah. that's the urgent issue. And this wouldn't apply... So, like if you said if he resigned now never got prosecuted mm-hmm. or he gets to be president uh, for the rest of this time and maybe faces prosecution and prosecution is never a slam dunk anyway mm-hmm. I would take the former and this wouldn't apply so if he um, loses the election in 2020 hasn't made any deal of this sort when he's a private citizen again he can be prosecuted 100% so, so that's he- why some people are like wait yeah, but in his, I guess I guess he must have every confidence he'll win this year. Otherwise, it's sort of like why isn't he doing that? Because he's going to be well. He could he could wait until after the election right. when he's a lame duck president. If he loses, resign before he's out of office right. and get his pardon. Gotcha. Uh, that's probably if I if I were him, if I were a crimer and mm-hmm. I was a terrible person, that's probably what I would do. Uh, it's his best. It's his best chance. He could do it. Some people are like, he probably might do it 10 minutes before he's out of office. Maybe Resign. Maybe that's in his calendar. Get the pardon. Yeah, it's like right in there. Lose election. <laughs> Ask for Lose pardon. Lose election. Wait. Wait. Walk into the sea. Never be heard from again. Walk into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, in my wildest dreams. I know, right? We have, uh, we have more on the congressional briefing that took place on Iran and the plane that went down in Tehran right after this. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by the good people at Zola. I love Zola. Remember, this was the Hallmark commercial, folks, right? Where they we had to... Oh, with the lesbians? Yes. Oh. I, I love Zola. And they take all... Because they had a, a same-sex couple in their commercial, and Hallmark Channel was like, no. Uh, I absolutely love this company. They take all the worry out of wedding planning. So they're not just awesome socially, but they, they do take all the worry out of weddings. Uh, according to a recent Zola survey, 96% of couples think that planning their wedding is stressful. 96% and 86% suffered stress-induced symptoms like insomnia, breakouts, and low sex drive. Oh, snap. Lower sex drive before marriage. Uh, honestly, you guys, I wish I'd heard of Zola when I was married, when I was getting married. I had to use like five different vendors. It was a nightmare. But they take all the stress out of it and put it all in the palm of your hand. So first of all, you can set up a wedding website, you can set up a registry, you can do your invites, you can have a guest list manager, all in one place. They make it easy to create your site in minutes with their free wedding website designs. Uh, customize yours with your own photos and wording and cool features like an online FAQ and an RSVP page. And they have the highest rated registry of all time. So you can register for gifts. And not only that, you can also register for experiences like ziplining or whatever and honeymoon funds, which is what I did. Except I wish I had Zola because it was all in one place. And gifts from other stores. Um, you can sync with existing registries. You can get free shipping and returns, which you'll use, uh, and free easy exchanges, which you'll use. And they have price matching and group gifting, all sorts of great stuff. And right now you can shop your whole paper suite at Zola, from beautiful, affordable invites to save the dates and thank you notes, all designed to match your wedding websites. You have a, one whole theme, and it's awesome. Zola will help you collect addresses and track the RSVPs with a free guest list manager, and they'll address your envelopes for free. So they've helped a million couples get married, and they'll help you too. So go to Zola.com dailybeans and use promo code SAVE50 to get 50% off your save the dates. You can also get a free personalized paper sample before you purchase, which is awesome. So that's 50% off save the dates at Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash Daily Beans, promo code SAVE50. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Let's talk about the congressional briefing on the strike against Soleimani today. Of course, as expected, Democrats are pissed and Republicans are happy, at least in the House. Um, the briefing discussed couple things, the legality of Trump's strike and what the imminent threat was that, you know, everybody kept talking about. Um, Dem Representative Connolly called the briefing sophomoric and unconvincing, stating Pompeo, Esper, Haspel and Milley made no case that Soleimani was an imminent threat. Um, meanwhile, Mark, meanwhile, Mark Meadows called it the strongest and most decisive briefing that's ever been conducted in the classified setting. Um, Pelosi is obviously still pushing her war powers resolution, saying the administration must work with Congress to advance an immediate, effective de-escalatory strategy that prevents further violence. Pelosi said in a statement announcing a Thursday vote on the measure, the vote tomorrow. So, yay. She says America cannot, uh, America and the world cannot afford war. She also said Trump has made clear that he does not have a coherent strategy to keep the American people safe, achieve de-escalation with Iran, and ensure stability in the region. So just because parties are standing down for the minute doesn't mean uh, we shouldn't authorize Congress to to take further action if they decide, especially since Milley just left the door wide open by yeah. saying they were trying to kill U.S. troops. That gives a big boost to Pelosi. And Tim Kaine is doing a similar uh, um, uh, bill in the Senate. Uh, according to several... Him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to several members of the House, uh, the rationale Trump has used, which we all suspected, was the AUMF, or the Authorization for Military Force. Congress passed it in 2002 so we could evade Iraq in 2003. Or, they said, because Trump is the commander-in-chief. That was their other reason. Dems argue that the AUMF is absurd as a justification because the AUMF has nothing to do with Iran. Uh, I agree. 
And here's the here's the thing, though. After that, they went and briefed the Senate. And this is fun. Republican Senator Mike Lee of Utah. I'm sure you've heard about this by now. He emerged from the briefing room pretty pissed, saying it was insulting. And it's the worst military briefing he's seen in nine years. Uh, the insulting part to him was that someone in the administration, someone presenting, told them not to debate the merits of, of taking military action. Uh, he walked into the brief undecided about whether he was going to support Tim Kaine's war powers resolution, uh, which, like I said, is a lot like Pelosi's, and that it would limit Trump's, administ- Trump's ability to take further military action against Iran without authorization from Congress. And the Republican senator said, quote, the briefing is what changed my mind. I'm now going to support it. So he's going to support the Democrats' bill. Uh, Lee also said they had to leave after 75 minutes while in the process of telling us we need to be good little boys and girls and not debate this in public, not debate the merits of the military action in public. And he was also upset that the administration officials told the senators they couldn't answer some of their questions because they're in because they were classified. And he's like, but we were in a skiff. We were in a secure facility in a mm-hmm. basement bunker where you have to turn over your cell phones. And then we would ask questions and they'd be like, sorry, that's classified. Why didn't we just have this at Pizza Hut then? Like, fucking <laughs> mm, Pizza Hut. Yeah. So Mike Lee was pissed. And Rand Paul stood up there with him. He called the briefing insulting because they were told not to debate the merits of military action. And he said, I think we need to debate the separation of powers. Oh, shit. Rand Paul said that. I don't hate everything Rand Paul says. Well, he definitely is an anti-war yeah. person. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, the rest of him is a pile of shit. But he is definitely an anti-war person. Well, because it costs money. And that's his whole thing, right? Yes. He's a libertarian. And his whole shtick is like, let's not fucking waste money on Big stuff. Big government, no. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. So that, I just, Mike Lee was mad. And there were people like, I have never seen a senator that mad about a briefing, a military briefing before. And he's like, it's the worst ever. Mark Meadows, it's the finest. It's the strongest. And and here's here's uh, Mike Lee saying, no. These mixed reactions really speak to where we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really, we're not. You know, it's not like two nuanced perspectives, yet similar perspectives on a situation. It's just two different realities. And I mean, it's been this way for a while. But when we have moments like this, it's so much more clear. Yeah. And and, and when it comes from a Republican mm-hmm. senator, it's just it's very interesting. Yeah. I, I, carry on. <laughs> I couldn't articulate what I was going to say there. Um, brain malfunction. Dude, I understand. Uh, I There's a lot of that going around with trying to explain the the differing opinions and where they sit on party lines it's it's amazing i mean aoc said this week that if we were in another country you know it, it, she would be in a different party than joe biden i mean and i think that's true for some republicans as well they would be in different parties well yeah if we had a parliamentary system mm-hmm. if we didn't have a you're this or that yeah you're either a, a nazi racist uh anti-healthcare pro-war mm-hmm. corporate piece of shit or Everyone this other else. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the choice or in the is eyes of the Republicans, like hammer and sickle. <laughs> you know, that's what they think. Right. But, but the choice is obvious. But yeah, if we yeah. had a more subtle, nuanced parliamentary mm-hmm. system where you could have subtle differences between multiple parties mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I am for everything you're for, except I don't think we should kick out private health insurance companies. I think we should just offer a free option for health care. Right. Oh, that makes me a different party than you. Cool. Right on, bro. Right. Oh, you. Uh, and I think 90% of the parties would be not republican right yeah i mean this is i mean we talk about the divide in the democratic party but this is 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 true for republicans as well you know there's i think that they're if they felt it's it's unfortunate because i think that only having two parties actually 
kind of suppresses the most American thing, which is free speech, because you have to like be with the party and vote on party lines and not go against your party. But if you had more than two parties, you wouldn't always have to be falling behind your party and actually say what you wanted. Well, yeah. And the last big thing the Republicans had was the Tea Party and they were anti-spend. Mm-hmm. And that's just tra- trash to shit now. And oh, you, yeah. You, you can't be a Republican and be anti-spending anymore. Yeah. Well, because we're going to spend on this huge military operation. Anything. Yeah. We're going to spend on this tax cut mm-hmm. for the wealthy. We're going to spend. We're not going to spend on health care and welfare and things that help other people. We're going to spend on shit that makes us rich and makes the rich richer mm-hmm. and cuts taxes for the rich on the backs of the middle class. And that's what we're going to spend money on. That's it. Mm-hmm. Aside from that. Priorities. Yeah. And now let's talk about this plane crash. Um, this headline is full of hot button shit. It's so many variables here. I hardly even know where to begin. A plane made by Boeing heading to Ukraine crashed over Iran, killing 170 people. Mm-hmm. So how many things can we throw in there to for conspiracy theorists to, <laughs> to, to come up with their own theories here? But here's where I'm at with this. First of all, Iran is refusing to hand over the black boxes. Um, by law, they have to because the the airline that created, they're refusing to hand over the United States, I should say. But the, the law says that if, if a plane crashes international, internationally, the, the company that made the plane should be able to get the black box, right? And be part of the mm-hmm. commission to investigate. And they're refusing to hand it over. They won't. Uh, but that's kind of understandable given the circumstances between Iran and the United States right now. So they're they're really you can't. I mean, you can make an argument for it, but maybe you know, okay, yeah. There's some shit going on. Um. Also, it's there was a large number of Canadians on this flight. Oh, really? Yeah, like 138 out of the 176 were headed to Canada, and a lot of them were academics and researchers and political people. Um, uh, and um, so far, we know that 63 Canadian citizens died on that flight because there are no direct flights between Iran and Canada. So a lot of pe- people travel via Ukraine to get oh. there. And I think Canada like broke off diplomatic relationships with Iran in 2012. Um, but 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 a huge percentage of the people on that flight were um, either Canadian citizens or headed to Canada. 138 of them, and a lot of them were students who were home visiting Iran for their winter holidays. Who are headed back to Canada? Oh. Yeah. So um, the Canadian government is uh, is um, investigating this pretty extensively, actually. Well, it, uh, I don't know if Iran will give Canada the black box. I don't. I don't imagine so. But we're on the case too right now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and this is a Boeing jet. Mm-hmm. A Boeing seven thirty seven. It's not a Max. It's an mm-hmm. eight hundred. Uh, so that doesn't help anything. <laughs> No, and Boeing is not in a good place. That's what right I'm saying. That's, Shit. That's what I'm like, yeah. yikes. Yeah, not good for Boeing. Uh, it was headed to Ukraine. Okay. Nothing going on with Ukraine in the news right now at no. all. Uh, we know the plane. Here's the things that we know. We know the plane was on fire before it went down. And we know the plane broke up in the sky. Because we, uh, we can tell that, according to experts have say, looking at the wreckage. Mm-hmm. We also know there's shrapnel in the wreckage, indicating a bomb or a missile is likely. We don't know if the plane was shot down or blown up from the inside, but this definitely smells like foul play. And I don't know if it's if it's as simple as Iran shooting a plane down in its airspace. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all planes should have been grounded and not flying over Iran at the time. Or, I mean, that doesn't excuse it, but no, like, that, you know, that, or if they knew who was on board or if they didn't know who was on board or if it was a terrorist on the plane mm-hmm. that blew it up um, from that maybe was traveling from Tehran that had some ulterior motive that we don't know. Uh, you put Ukraine in the mix. Now, it seems like the Ukraine thing is sort of a red herring because, like you said, in order to get to Canada, you have to fly through Ukraine from mm-hmm. Tehran. There's no direct flights. Right. So that could be that's the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Mm-hmm. So that could be that explanation. Why was it headed to Ukraine? Well, because it was headed to Canada. <laughs> and that's how you have to go. Yeah. But also, given the timing of this, you know, like you said, what what was there a terrorist on board? Was it did I did Iran shoot down a plane in its own airspace? Like if it was is... blown up by an Iranian or somebody on the ground in Iran or somebody else, what was their motive? How was it blown up? Was it right. blown up from inside the plane, from outside the plane? Uh, the plane was on fire, or is this just a fire in the plane? But here's the thing with that: some people say, oh, maybe the plane just caught on fire. There are like two failsafe things this the plane this boeing 737 800 can't catch on fire apparently uh when an engine fails it's even uh, graded for two engine fail it can have two engine failures and still uh operate or at least glide so uh, that's at least what the experts are saying they're saying that's kind of why it's indicative to them that this is, indicates either it was blown up from the inside or blown up from the outside mm-hmm. and there's shrapnel in the wreckage so where does that come from uh if not from something you know an outside or inside bomb yeah the canadian government also is saying something very unusual happened yeah yeah it so. it, it seems pretty obvious we won't know apparently there was no gr- air to ground communication mm-hmm. which sort of lends it to being a terrorist on the plane who you know took over the cockpit or whatever and blew it up um because you would think if uh, but also, I mean, if you if you were shot from the ground, you wouldn't expect it coming either, and you wouldn't have any ground communication either. No. I don't think it's going to be easy to get answers here because um, but the Canadian government doesn't have great ties with Iran right now either, and that's going to massively hamper this investigation. So. Yours are better than ours right now, so true. But they're not great. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I don't think it's going to be easy to get answers about this, but it is it is very sad. I mean, especially because so many um, Iranian uh, or people of Iranian descent in North America are probably already feeling really scared anyway, and then for this to have rocked the communities um, for a lot of um, Iranian people in Canada um, and in here in the in the U.S. as well, I'm sure people are affected as well. It's really sad. <laughs> It is. Yeah. I think we lost, I mean, I, I was reading an article earlier saying that um, 30 people, I think, in one small community of that was largely of Iranian descent were all lost on this one flight. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's it's very weird and suspicious. And I'm, I'm, I hope we find out what happened there. It's a horrible loss of life. <sighs> happy yeah. 2020 i'm so glad we have the happy block at the end of the show now yeah we do have a good news block it's good. coming up it's good um not yet though we still have some more bad news uh sorry coming up after this break we'll keep you posted on this uh flight on this crash story but we'll be right back with some news about steve that's uh treasury secretary mnuchin and some impeachment news so stick around 
Hey everybody, it's AG, and this portion of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Root Insurance. So here's a question for you. What if good drivers didn't have to pay for bad drivers? Uh, Root Insurance thinks the old way of pricing car insurance is unfair, so they developed a mobile app that measures driving behavior. Instead of basing your car insurance rates on your credit score or your age or gender or zip code, they base your rates primarily on how you drive. By removing bad drivers from the equation, Root saved good drivers up to 52% in 2019. There's a reason why Root has been featured in Forbes, TechCrunch, Wired, WAPO, and Fortune Magazine. And in 2019, Root was the fastest-growing direct insurance company in the United States. They're the world's first, mobile-first car insurance company. Their insurance card is available right on your phone. And if you get into an accident, you can file a claim directly in their app. It's so easy. It's it, like making car—I'm surprised no one did this sooner— uh, but it makes car insurance easy, and they have rates based on how you drive, not who you are. All you have to do is download the Root Insurance app, drive normally for a few weeks during the Root test drive, and see how much you can save. So don't wait to give Root a try. Head to your app store right now, download the Root Insurance app, and sign up in less than a minute to start your test drive. That's Root, R-O-O-T. Again, download the Root app today or visit joinroot.com to learn more and see how much you could save. Root reserves the right to refuse to quote any individual premium rate for the insurance advertised herein. Savings based on national reviews reported by actual customers. Form number one, not available in all states. This product is not available in California. Hey, everybody. Welcome back from uh, Politico today. This was an article that I disagreed with. Uh, But Senate Democrats are breaking with Nancy Pelosi over the impeachment trial. According to the article, Senate Democrats are realizing their efforts to get any concessions from Mitch McConnell on the impeachment trial are probably in vain though Pelosi is still withholding the articles. And Senator Dianne Feinstein has said it's time to hand them over. She says, quote, the longer it goes on, the less urgent it becomes. So if it's serious and urgent, send them over. If it's not, don't send them over. But she's not the only one. Apparently, Joe Manchin, who I don't think is actually a Democrat, says Democrats should move on, um, as is John Tester, who says he's ready for the trial. He says, quote, we need to get folks to testify. We need more information. But nonetheless, I'm ready. Uh, Tester said, I don't know what leverage we have. It looks like the cake is already baked. Blumenthal has said, we're ready to go. Uh, We were ready on the day the articles were voted to conduct a trial. And at some point, it's appropriate to send them and, in effect, pass the baton to senators who are going to continue to insist on witnesses and documents. Uh, Dem Chris Coons from Delaware says, I respect the fact that she's concerned about the fact about whether or not there will be a fair trial. It's <laughs> a weird sentence. Uh, but I do think it's time to get on with it, he says. Um, and House Dems, remain fir- House Dems, though, remain firmly behind Pelosi. No one's uh, explicitly pushing her to send the articles. But there's a feeling that the fight between Pelosi and McConnell has run its course. I disagree. Um, I don't know. None of, none of the senators said that explicitly. Maybe it's implied. Um, yeah, we're just giving up we're just moving on from it well yeah i mean i guess what this article and this is an opinion in the article is they're saying ah you know what the the arguments run its course might as well hand them over um i disagree pelosi has a plan even if it's not clear to everyone and some some of the house dems have said like cicilline has said cicilline has said i take the senators at their word that they're interested in proceeding because of the gravity of the president's conduct but the speaker has the additional responsibility to properly staff the prosecution. Uh, and House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said, quote, the politics of the United States are moving apace, and that will continue. But that will not dictate the timing on doing what we believe is our constitutional duty. And even Senator Chuck Schumer defended Pelosi, saying Pelosi is doing a very good job and she's seeking to maximize our ability to get facts and evidence 
witnesses and more evidence. Now, Bill Kristol on Twitter has a hypothetical, and I just want to read it to you. He says, the House will send over the articles. The Senate will adopt McConnell's rules along party line vote, and they will convene as a court of impeachment. The House managers will argue the need for witnesses and seek to call them. Chief Justice John Roberts will agree. His ruling will be upheld by 47 Democrats plus around 12 GOP senators, and then Bolton will testify. I don't know where he's getting this 12 GOP senators um, when we can't get Collins or Romney or any of the swing eight to to even commit to it. Um, But he's saying... That's what that's what will happen. Um, and we should trust that process and not have it in writing before we go forward. I mean, he's not saying that, but that's assuming in his hypothetical, that's what would, would happen. We wouldn't ask for it in writing before. We would just hope that the senators would do the right thing. I can almost see that logic. And the reason for that is because for any of these potentially moderate Republicans to come out ahead of time and say, yeah, like, we're going to agree to your rules, Democrats. That could be really damaging for them. Um, And they maybe want to minimize the noise around them and just do it in the moment and not warn anyone, maybe? Is that a thing? I don't know. I think she should keep holding on to the articles. I think it would be bad now to hand them over and have them acquitted, have Trump be able to say he was acquitted. Nancy tried to hold it back. Uh, you know, nervous Nancy didn't want the thing, and here's why: because I'm innocent. Uh, I just would rather not see that happen. Uh, and I why ne- trust Republicans who haven't done shit for us in the last <laughs> couple of years anyway? Right? Exactly. Why have the hope? Yeah, that's uh, at least for Republicans. Um. So yeah, I I don't like that uh, scenario. But you guys know me. You know me. I want her to just withhold the articles forever. But um. Or, you know, at least until if unless they got in writing ahead of time that they would call these four people. Because what's McConnell or Bolton going to tell him that that we don't already know that we haven't had 17 other deposed witnesses testify to the the case is solid on its own. It's solid on its own. Now, if if you want to get Mulvaney and Blair in there and you want to get Duffy in there and Bolton and you want to put it in writing that you'll call them ahead of the of the beginning of the trial. I'll take that deal. Mm-hmm. I'd say send them, send them. You can get it in writing. Uh, but, mm. or I, at least get the Senate to say they will subpoena. Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. At very least, minimum. And then I'm still like, eh, what for? Yeah. We don't, we, we don't need them to make this case. If, if they acquit now or acquit after that, they're still acquitting based on a super solid bulletproof case. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. I, 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 I wish I had some sense of what's going to happen here going forward, but I fucking do not. <laughs> just, you were saying that since the beginning of yeah. Mueller, she wrote. I'm at right? the, still at the edge of my seat. What's going to happen? And then we think, you know, the Mueller investigation's over. Well, that's it. Nope. Nope. There's, it's still the ghost of Mueller lives on. You know what's kind of funny? Before I, I started um, hosting the show or, or before I worked for you, um, I, I would often come to you being like, okay, explain to me what's happening with this. Like, give me some sense of direction here as I'm, as people do to you every single day. And people have started doing that to me in hopes that I'll have an answer for them because I'm paying so much attention to the news now because I'm, you know, with it and paying attention to case dates and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I mean, like I have an understanding. Yeah, I can tell you what I hope. Right. And what I think and what I want and yes. why I want it. Yeah. Uh, but what's going to actually fucking happen? No. 
I'll put beans on things, but I and I've never really known. I mean, I I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I end up being right a lot of the time, but I end up being wrong too. I thought, yeah. hey, we got to give this Bill Barr guy a chance. Chuck Rosenberg likes him. Well, <laughs> womp womp. Oh my god! Found out what happened there. Yeah. So it's you know. Yeah, but you take I, the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. <laughs> I have a clearer idea of all the possibilities now, but as for what actually <laughs> happens, I fuck. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally with you. Um, and uh, right before we hit the break here, Steve. Steve's back in the news. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is actually, and I know it's Mnuchin, but I just mispronounce it because he hates it. Uh, he's actually seeking to delay the disclosure of Secret Service spending on Trump's travel until after the election. Uh, wow. This issue, the way this issue came up, okay, because it, it was a bottleneck when senators were trying to negotiate moving the Secret Service from Department of Homeland Security back under the Treasury Department, which was originally its home, I guess. I think it should be under home, Department of Homeland Security, but whatever. They're talking about moving it back to the Treasury. And in as part of this legislation, Dems are demanding the bill require the Secret Service to disclose the costs related to the travel of the president and his adult children within 120 days of the bill's passing. Mnuchin says, I like disclosure. I think transparency is great, but we should do it next year. <laughs> I'm going to guess that there has been outrageous spending related to his travel and what he needs around him that I mean will not shock us but will be far surpassing any previous president in modern history yeah secret service for Obama travel um, 97 million over his entire eight years Um, I'm sure Trump went through that in half a year oh for sure Absolutely. Plus, and, and of course, you, they're sleeping in separate beds, right? Melania, and who's about to be recognized as a, uh, she's getting some award at some Florida university, um, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> just don't call her an ex-hooker, apparently. Um, but she, because they have separate bills, they have separate travel, they have separate protection. Right. Because they aren't together, mostly. Well, also, he spends so much of his time at Mar-a-Lago as mm. opposed to in D.C., so the security on an entirely separate quote-unquote official presidential residence must be really expensive as well. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And all the golf trips, you know. That? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Steve is like, oh, you know, I totally, I love transparency. Transparency's great, bro. I love it. Uh, it's great. It's good. Good stuff. Good for the country. Good to know what we're spending, you know, on, on President's personal travel with, uh, you know, with the uh, Secret Service personally and business travel. Uh, but next year, after the elections, 2021, what do you say? Makes Anyone who trusts this administration is just, but like, was he not? Was I'm Steve- the most transparent president. <sighs> Was it Steve Mnuchin who also had some sort of like expenses scandal last year with his wife? Was that the guy? Yeah, yeah. He he paid. He had like super expensive travel. Yeah. And yeah. And of course, the the Obama holdover VA secretary got mm-hmm. fired for that. Uh, and Steve still has his job. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I know. I know. That's a fun one. Interesting. Funny. But not good news. It's just, it's so exhausting to continually have these roadblocks of information because it it's almost like release the fucking information, let the chips fall where they may, and then spin your fucking story. Yeah. Like, when you Or withhold, don't do anything wrong. Yeah, but that's, they're not <laughs> kidding. 
please. They're not capable of that. <laughs> just saying. I know. Right. I mean, that would be the ideal situation. But it's 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 enraging just to have information. Yeah, and your dipshit followers are going to believe whatever you say anyway. Right. So it's it's that's why it's so you frustrating. Could, it could be you could be the two hundred and fifty million dollars in secret service expenses in one year or three years, and uh, and and uh, Trump would say, "Hey, that's what it costs to protect the president. That's what it costs to protect the United States." And his followers will go, "Yes, sir." He's not going to lose any voters. <laughs> Probably over that. be like, "This is what it costs to protect myself from liberals." He asked a foreign <laughs> government to investigate his political rivals. His his followers aren't going to be mad no. that he spent a shitload of secret service. Release your taxes, dude. Release them now. I'm no, still no, no. Most transparent president ever can't release his taxes. He's under audit. Yeah, by motherfucking American people. Is it because his IRS is understaffed? Is that why it's taking so long? <laughs> no, he's not under. <laughs> Maybe audit. the audit would speed up if he hired enough people to work at these various government departments. Would be nice, you know. Um, speaking of which, I like related, unrelated. Um, I was reading that we're still missing so many high up officials in various departments of government, like that he just never hired for or fired or shuffled around, or there's inexperienced people in there. And someone was saying that's not what you want as you're escalating conflict with an adversary is like a half unstaffed federal government. <laughs> yeah. No. No, especially not. And yeah. and you've gotten rid of folks like Mattis. And, yep. and uh, I think we forget about that sometimes. But that's yeah. still a thing that's happening every day. Yeah, he's short staffed. All I want is for our next president is to like, I don't know, fill the positions that need filling <laughs> with capable people. And, and, and not by a group of 20 uh, somethings who are icing each other. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be helpful. At the PPO. Presidential Personnel Office. All right. We do have some good news. So uh, we'll be right back. Stick around. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this Helping of the Daily Beans is brought to you by Remrise. Uh, I have trouble sleeping. I've had trouble sleeping for a while now with this administration, um, yeah, since I'd say about November 9th, 2016. And uh, I uh, have some specific things that I have trouble with, not just falling asleep, but staying asleep and tackling sleep issues shouldn't be impossible. But so many sleep aids aren't effective. They make you groggy. They kind of slow my mind down uh, and and it kind of goes on into the next day I feel hungover and that's why I was so excited to hear about Remrise it's a personalized sleep solution that uses natural plant-based formulas and they help calm your mind and relax your body and they get your circadian rhythm back on track for a really really restorative sleep Uh, and that's what is so meaningful to me Uh, what I like uh, is that Remrise addresses your individual sleep issues it's customized and it's drug-free and uses natural healing ingredients. I love the naturalness of it. And there's so no groggy side effects, no hangover feeling in the morning. All you have to do is go to getremrise.com slash dailybeans and take their free sleep quiz. Uh, I took the quiz. It was determined that I'm, quote, always on, meaning I'm overscheduled, overworked. I can't stop my brain from thinking, can't turn off my mind when the day is done. So they recommended their Power Off program. And basically, that lets you let go of the day's problems and gives you a deep restorative night of rest. I found my sleep has improved, and it keeps improving as I keep taking it. And with Remrise, uh, it comes with an awesome digital app, so you can track your sleep progress. I love doing that. Um, And I'm sleeping through the night. I'm having fewer interruptions. And uh, they have guided meditation to help you get in the right mindset. So do what I did and check out Remrise today. Go to getremrise.com slash dailybeans, take their sleep quiz, and when you sign up, you'll get your first week of Remrise free. You just pay shipping. You won't find an offer like this anywhere else. You can try it out for free. Your first week, just pay shipping. First week for free of Remrise when you sign up at getremrise, R-E-M-R-I-S-E dot com slash dailybeans. Getremrise.com slash dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. I have some good news for you. Uh, This pleases me. During CES this week, Consumer Electronics Show, which also takes place, I think, the same week as AVN, Adult Video Awards. Uh, Yeah, I think they are at the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Vegas is wild, full of tech nerds and cute sex workers. So Ivanka's (laughs) a keynote speaker up there uh, this week for the the Consumer Electronics Show. So um, Twitter's... Director of Product Management has unveiled some new changes that are coming in the platform this year. Uh, I'm f- I'm excited. There will be a new setting for conversation participants right in the compose screen. When you're composing a tweet, uh, you can limit the people who can reply to your tweet. There's like four levels. You can either let anyone reply, or you can let people you follow and mention reply, or you can let people you specifically name in the tweet reply, or you can have no one reply. I wish they had a people who are following you can reply, but anyone can follow you, I guess, is the point. But this is great for limiting bot and troll activity, honestly. Uh, They call it narrow casting, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, Facebook's been doing this for a long time where you can change the privacy settings on any post and let it global or just your friends or friends and friends of friends, Mm -hmm. etc. They are not, however, working on a friggin' edit feature. (laughs) So... You know what? It's funny. Like, obviously, this is a good move to some extent. But at the same time, I don't know. Twitter won't have the same magic if you can't respond. You can't ratio someone. Yeah. If you can't, like, respond to a stupid tweet by a stupid politician saying, hey, eat shit. (laughs) I guess you'd have to quote the tweet. Yeah. It's not as fun. No. Not that I ever actually respond to any politicians tweets and do that but it does i mean it it does i think it is if we make it a broadcast only platform or some people use it as a broadcast only platform it's going to change things i'm worried about uh trump just tweeting tweets without having to hear any replies to it he already blocks everyone he doesn't like anyway yeah which is Um, not legal but. but on the flip side like you said it could help with trolling and it could help with bots and um and it could it could be a positive move. It'll have its upsides and downsides. I'm Absolutely. Sure. And and uh, and you know what? The social media community will speak its mind once it's released. We don't like change. <laughs> yeah. No, so. but that is interesting. Um, but an edit feature? Come on. You would think that would be so good. Yeah. Also, it's the worst when someone fucking retweets you and you've and and you've already had too many retweets to make to make the edit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, I can't delete now. Yeah. I had so many likes. You have to make a correction. Yeah. Yeah, like, ah, frick. <laughs> uh, all right, time for a little schadenfreude. schadenfreude. Okay, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals has issued an order this morning denying Trump's request for a stay of the public charge preliminary injunctions. Public charge. Remember that rule Trump tried to put into place that would limit immigration based on what kind of public charge an immigrant was or basically what sort of financial burden they would be to our system, to our country, Um, Well, New York, Connecticut, and Vermont got an injunction preventing that rule from taking effect, and Trump sued and appealed it and then uh, asked for a stay in the meantime, so he could, because he lost, and and asked the the Court of Appeals for a stay, so in the meantime, he could start enforcing the rule, and the Second Circuit said, nope, no, you can't. Um, The injunction stays in place. Have a nice fucking day, you racist piece of shit. Um, I, I added that last part. <laughs> a little freestyling. Freestyle. Freestyle. <laughs> it's a picture of New York. It's a picture of New York. It's a big, fat, crazy picture of New York. When I freestyle, I lose confidence. That was amazing. Thank you. That is Flight <laughs> of the Concords. Check them out. Oh, God. I loved that show so much. Yeah. Yeah. I miss it. Yeah. It was fun. Some of the songs hold up. 
Yes, business time always holds Food up. Food fa <laughs> Too many dicks on the dance floor. <laughs> and finally, speaking of dicks on the dance floor, Senator Susan Collins of Maine is saying that the reason she supports the rigged impeachment trial, she didn't say rigged, I said rigged, uh, is because she's mad. She's mad that Chuck Schumer is financially backing the campaign against her reelection. She's mad. She says, I don't think Schumer is very interested in my opinion since he just launched a website in Maine and committed an additional $700,000 in negative advertising for the majority forward pack. I don't think he's interested in doing anything but trying to defeat me by telling lies to the people of Maine. And you can quote me on that. Okay, well, we oh, just did. Thanks, Susan Collin. Collins, rather. Uh, fucking... Dude, she's... A piece of work. That's she's a, gonna, I hope she just gets crushed. Yeah. Well, I'm also... I wonder if she's just going to retire. Exhausted by this, like, fake, moderate, white women Republican thing. <laughs> yeah, like, we keep, oh, the Kavanaugh thing bothers me. And I'm yeah. disturbed by the Ukraine call. Yes. And, it's just we're continually let down by people like her. You're like, you're trying to be ginger, and I know you're Mrs. Howell. Yeah. Fuck off right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I just wish that it's, I wish that, it's almost like I, 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 her actions are not backed up by her, her words are not backed up by her actions, rather. And that's the exhausting part that, that makes me feel just even more gaslit, at least with people who, yeah. you know, at least with people who, uh, who I, who I disagree with, and they say what they're going to do, and they hold to that. I'm like, okay, I know what to expect from you. You're a piece of shit. But she's for gaslighting someone, yeah. with a can of Aquanet. Yeah, and it's not so explicit. She doesn't always say, "I'm going to do this thing," and then doesn't do it. She just she she tries to you know throw all she's of this. Tease. She teases you with her. Yeah, like, I might. I, I'm disturbed. I don't like this. Teases you with her morals. Mm-hmm. Moral teaser. Yeah, she's a scruple teaser. Yeah, scruple. Yeah, scruple teaser. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a weird sex move. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Little scruple teaser. Hey, baby, what are you doing? The scruple teaser. Yeah. Either that or Ebenezer, but yeah, it's just <laughs> scruple teaser. I like it. But yeah, uh, she comes out and says all this stuff, and then doesn't back it up with any action. Hundred percent. My yeah. beans are on her. Uh, once she sees how sh- shitty she's doing in the polling, she's gonna not run again. No. No. I think she'll. I think she'll pull out. I think she'll back down. Yeah. Well, also, she doesn't have much of a backbone. Not supporting, just come out and say that you don't think Trump did anything wrong. But to be like, well, I'm not going to participate in this because Chuck Schumer is backing my opponent. I mean, that's just gross. Yeah. I just pretend that you think that it's a sham impeachment trial. Yeah. Because, because what you're and saying not even is, a specific opponent, just a pack, the majority forward pack that, that's investing 700 grand in negative advertising against her. That's called politics. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> called don't be a fucking dickhead. Maybe somebody isn't going to spend a million dollars almost trying to say bad things about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Um, well, she's either going to lose or she's not going to run. And, that, and you know what? Great. She won't be senator anymore. That pleases me. Yeah. I hope that a lot of these senators are defeated this year. Yes, definitely. Blue wave, as they say. Blue tsunami. <laughs> Blue tsunami. Well... Yeah, I think we won by six, eight million votes in 2018. Uh, Hillary won by three. So if we can kick it up past eight million. Keep it going. Yeah. Come on, 35 to 45. No, 25 to 35. Yes. Daily reminder to vote. Actually, daily reminder to make sure you're registered to vote. And I'm going to say this again. 18 to 35. Yes. I'm going to say this again. 
Um, if you are not registered as a Democrat in your state and you have a closed primary, make sure you switch your registration because time is running out. Yeah, if you want to have a say mm-hmm. in who the candidate is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because once that candidate is picked, we're all voting for that person. Yeah, totally. Whether or not you agree with all of their And shit. if you're not, I just keep your mouth shut. I don't even want to fucking hear about it. Mm-hmm. I will tear totally. you apart verbally, not physically. <laughs> with my spirit. <laughs> or I'll just reply and put that you can't reply to any of my tweets. Nah. all right that's our show uh any final thoughts from you no final thoughts from me no i just want to say that i love this uh pop-up koala shelter that shelters that are going on in these makeshift koala rescues that are going on in in australia and um again puerto rico still in trouble australia's Mm -hmm. in trouble send money where you can to reputable charities um please Uh, we do have to take care of our neighbors yeah very that's, true. That's how we do. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, take this shit seriously. Climate change is real. Yeah, I don't think we have to tell our listeners that, but I know. <laughs> tell your Fox News watching yeah. grandfather. <laughs> tell your parents, yeah. Tell your uh, relative, your your weird relative. I'm sure you have, and I'm sorry for whatever you had to deal with during the holidays. <laughs> Al Gore must be so pissed right now. Oh God. <laughs> Must <laughs> be like you fuckers. <laughs> I told you, lockbox. Um, <laughs> Poor Al right. I know he's such a great dude. Um, that's it, everyone. Just please have. Oh, you know what? Jordan will be back tomorrow. Very excited. Yay! Um, become a patron. If you're not, you automatically become a patron of both shows. You get mm-hmm. this show ad free in your premium feed. You get it. You're gonna get the video link that we're gonna put up here shortly. I think this month, maybe by the mm-hmm. maybe by next month, we'll have it up and running. And a Q and A episode. Q and A episodes. Yeah, we should queue one of those up. We are working on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we need to get the questions. So yes. let's make let's put out the call for questions. We'll do our first Q and A episode. Uh, and it, it's just going to be awesome. And you know what? I've decided that no matter what level you buy in at, you're going to get all that stuff. Sweet. So yeah, become a patron and we will be rolling out this stuff, um, shortly and I will put out a call for questions. So if you have any questions for AG, uh, I will post it on our, on our Patreon. Or Tits McGee or Amanda Reedy. Yes. Mandy Reedy. Mandy Reedy. <laughs> and, and I'll, and I'll pu- actually, I'll put out the questions to, um, Everyone, and then also to patrons only, but uh, only patrons will get access to this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And we can do it on Muller She Wrote. We can do it on Daily Beans. We could do it on the closed group. We mm-hmm. can do it on Patreon. Sweet. Lots of, lots of, lots of benefits. Um, and you're supporting women in podcasting, and you're helping us pay uh, way above minimum wage and uh, helping us uh, help with the 401ks and the health plans, which we offer to all of our employees, even if they're part-time. So, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and thank you to our current patrons. You guys, everything, it means everything to us. It allows us to keep doing what we're doing uh, and allows us to be awesome. So thank you so much. And everyone, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Mandy Reedy. And them the beanies. <laughs> the Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>